Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. I'm Micah Chopley. All right, here we are. Here we are. We're almost at the end of November. It's almost the end of November. It's amazing how quickly this year has gone. This has been a very, I think this year has gone by very fast. Very, very, very fast. I think this year has gone by faster in the last few years. Um, and we're almost in 2023. Think about that. Think about how crazy that is. Oh. Anyway, um, what is there to talk about today? Well, I think there's a lot to talk about. We see that Elon Musk has brought democracy back to Twitter, right? And he really has. Twitter's actually a fun place these days. It's much more fun. It's much more fun. People aren't being censored for every little thing they say. If they go against the left's narrative, they're not being deleted and canceled. And really importantly now, Twitter's not censoring tweets that have to do with COVID anymore. Now, there never should have been any censorship because a lot of that censorship, as we've talked about in the past was from like real bona fide doctors like Jay Bhattacharya and Marty McCary and people with like medical degrees who had dissenting opinions from the ones you saw on television, namely Tony Fauci and company. And those people were either censored or it censored one way or the other. Either a disclaimer was put on their tweet as it was not real information or they were just canceled and suspended from Twitter. And so that's not happening anymore. And we know a lot of that information, the first year, year and a half, that was considered false was actually real information and was actually the truth. So as of about a week ago, Elon Musk said there's not going to be any more censorship. And this happened, by the way, on Facebook and Twitter, where you would simply just put the word COVID. You just put the word COVID. You could put actually on Facebook, I know, you could just put the word COVID, nothing else in a status, and it would come up as, are you sure you want to post this? Are you sure? Are you sure? So it was constant censorship around the word COVID. Like nothing else I have ever seen in my life, right? No censorship I have seen before. Not censorship or you could put the word Trump up. You could put the word Biden up. You can put a lot of different keywords up on different issues or politicians. And there was not the censorship we saw with the word COVID. And people wondered why, why, why were they so touchy about that? Well, because there was this coordinated effort from day one, as I have said on my podcast, by the way, this podcast now marks a year. This is the one year anniversary. I don't want to make a big deal of it, but it's been a year now. I started this podcast in late November of, of, of last year, and it's been a year now, this podcast. So this is kind of an anniversary. It's the one year anniversary. Um, and for the last year, for the whole year of me doing this podcast, I've been talking about this stuff, right? I've been talking about this coordinated effort between big government, big tech, big pharma, so on and so forth, to collude, this collusion around COVID, where they wanted a certain narrative put out there, anything that went against that narrative. Forget if that narrative was false or had no science base or whatever, as we know it didn't. Anything that went against that narrative was going to be censored. That's why when you simply put the word COVID in any kind of a status update on, on Facebook, automatically a disclaimer came up. Are you sure you want to post this? 
and underneath your status, it would say, here, here, here's a link to COVID. Here's a link to COVID information, official government COVID information. So this was all coordinated. Now we're seeing drip, 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 drip of all this information of this collusion that happened and this censorship that happened between. Remember, people was the, the left was saying, well, no, Facebook and Twitter are private entities. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. But the government can't. You see, the Democrats can't. The Biden administration can't. The Newsom administration can't. They can't collude with these companies to censor. That's against the law. That's against the Constitution. That's against the First Amendment. And we know that has now happened. We knew it was happening all along, but now we're getting actual evidence that it happened. And luckily, come January, with the Republicans taking over the House, we'll get even more evidence of this happening. But now what we're seeing is because Elon Musk has brought uh, democracy back to Twitter, um, we're seeing like companies like Apple and Google saying, well, you know what? Maybe we'll just take Twitter off our app stores so you just can't download it anymore. And of course, the left, the, the scummy authoritarian left, because that's what they are, always have been, always will be. As I continue to whip myself in the back for her being part of their cabal, are cheering this on. Yeah, that's right. That, that'll that get them. That'll get that Musk. Cheering on the censorship. This censorship by these biggest, wealthiest corporations. Here, understand this. The left, the progressives, cheering on authoritarianism and censorship by the wealthiest corporations, not in this country, the wealthiest corporations in this world, Google and Apple. Apple especially is incredibly nefarious with Tim Cook at the helm. And so it's unbelievable that we're actually seeing this Orwellian nightmare play out where these companies have the power to simply censor whatever they want. We don't want you to see Twitter anymore, so we're not going to put it on our app store. So what does Elon Musk say? Okay, if that happens, I hope it doesn't happen. If it happens, I'll start a Tesla phone. I'll start my own phone and I'll put my Twitter on the app store on, on Tesla phone. And you know, you know, millions and millions of people are going to buy it. I buy it. I, I, I'd immediately throw my iPhone out the window and buy this Tesla phone. So they're, 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 they're playing with the wrong guy here. I think I really, I think they're kind of underestimating him. They really are. I mean, they all said Twitter was going to fall apart when he fired all those people and it's still running better than ever. Millions of people are signing up. There are more signups to it than ever before because people who were afraid to come on because of the censorship now are coming on. And, and uh, Elon Musk had this amnesty where he's allowed all the accounts that were suspended as long as they weren't for certain reasons, such as, you know, preaching violence and threatening people. He's allowed them to come back on. So Twitter's doing better than ever. It's doing better than ever. And those advertisers that supposedly left will come back once they see Twitter's numbers going up because they want to make money and they're addicted to money. And of course, they're going to advertise on Twitter when all these when they can show all these new signups. So it's truly I've talked about the hypocrisy of the left and the progressives from day one with regard to covid and big pharma and their desire to see Big Pharma make billions of dollars when these people that I were associating, that I was associating with for years from 2015 to 2020 through two campaigns of Bernie Sanders, all they could talk about 
was how evil Big Pharma was. I mean, they talked about this so much. I don't think people understand, people who are on the outside, don't understand how much the progressives talked about how evil Big Pharma was. And big corporate, how, wait, how evil, <laughs> listen to this, how all I could, all I could hear from my progressive friends from 2015 to 2020, and this includes Bernie Sanders, is how evil big pharma was and how evil these big corporations are and how dangerous it is for Apple and Google to be so powerful. That's all I heard them talk about for six years. And yet now, what have they done since 2020? They have cheered on Big Pharma. They gleefully go get the other, the, the boosters and Booster 2 and Booster 7 and Booster 8. They gleefully do it. And they tell you that if you don't do it, you should be banned from living life. This is what the progressives told us. If you don't participate in the profits of Big Pharma, you should be banned from participating in life. This is what these phony scumbags said for the last three years. And now the same people who said how evil Apple and Google are were are now cheering them on when it comes to their censorship of Twitter. So with, with everything, with every action that happens, the progressives and the left show what phonies they are. What phonies they are. They virtue signal when it's convenient. They signal their virtues when it's convenient. But when push comes to shove, they run the other way. They run into the arms of Big Pharma. They run into the arms of Tim Cook. That's what they do. That is what they do. But their leader, Bernie Sanders, has always done this. So it just makes sense that they would. You talk a good game when you're running for office. And then when the people unfairly defeat you by rigging primaries, you then run into their arms. That's what he has always done. That's what he has always done. How much more power would someone like Bernie Sanders have? I don't want to get too much into Bernie, but thinking about it, how much more power would he have in like when you, when he knows Senate's going to be like 50-50? If he said, if you fuck with me, once again, but he's not like Trump. You see, that's why I like Trump. This is what I like about Trump. Is that Trump would say, if you fuck with me, I'll caucus with Republicans in the next Congress and you'll lose the Senate. But Bernie didn't have the balls to ever do that. Think about that. Remember, he's an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. So in a 50-50 Senate, he can caucus with Republicans or threaten to do that. And the Democrats would then lose control of the Senate. Then they wouldn't fuck with him in the primaries, would they? But he never had the balls to do that because he never really wanted the job. He just wanted to herd people into the Democratic primary, into the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party was hemorrhaging and continues to hemorrhage people to the to Independent Party and Republican Party. And so Bernie's job was to herd people back to the Democratic Party. That is a deal he obviously made with establishment Democrats. So their leader, Bernie Sanders, is an incredibly fake, fraudulent guy. So it would just make sense that all progressives are fake and fraudulent. And they are. And they have proven themselves to be that over the last three years. And they continue to prove themselves to be that. If they were genuine, they would be against Big Pharma. They would be against the continued production of, 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 of pointless, shitty, dangerous boosters. 
They would be against vaccine mandates. They would be a, they would be on Elon Musk's side to bring democracy back to Twitter. They'd be against these these evil empires like Apple and Google censoring Twitter, but they're not. They're on the side of the evil corporate empire. They're on the side of Big Pharma, whose stocks continue to go up while everyone else goes into poverty. This is how fake these people are. This is how fake they are. There is nothing to them. They are made of paper mache. There's no there there with them. There's nothing to them. There's nothing real about them. And this continues. This continues. So where do we go from here with Twitter? Well, and Elon Musk. I think everyone should actually pay him the $8. I I pay the $8. I like that blue check mark. It makes me happy. Okay. It makes me happy to be on the same playing field as a celebrity or a billionaire that they got to pay the $8 and I got to pay the $8. I like that. I think that levels that playing field. And I like to give Elon Musk money because I want him to be successful. He spent, what, $44 billion on a, on, a, on, a, on a company that was losing $3 million a day that was way over bloated with, with staff. And I don't mind giving him $8 a month, $96 a year. I think everyone should do that. I really think everyone should do it. Everyone should join that Twitter blue. Plus, it has other perks. You can edit your tweets for a half hour, which I think is a, is a, is a good thing. You know, we all know, we've all put out the tweets there that we go, oh, shit, why can't, why can't we edit them like we can on Facebook? And now you can if you just pay that $8. So I would do that because that, that's what I can do. I have nothing to advertise on Twitter, so I can't give him my advertising dollars. But I can give him my $8 a month, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue to do that because I think we need to support Elon Musk in this mission to bring democracy back to social media, to bring democracy back, to bring freedom of speech back. And now what Elon Musk is going to do, and hopefully this will drop any day now, is show all the censorship, show, you know, draw back that curtain and reveal Oz of the old Twitter and what they did, the mechanics behind their censorship, the proof and evidence of their censorship and how bad it was and how much they censored the right and promoted the left. Elon, we knew this would happen. Some people thought they would they would like delete everything, but you can't really do that. You know, they would they would get rid of all the evidence before he took over. I'm sure they tried, which is probably one of the reasons why he fired a lot of those people. Think about that. He fired a lot of those people because they had that ability to do that, and he didn't want them to do it, so he fired them the day he took over. Remember, he locked them out, and people said, oh, it's so nasty that he locked people out. You can't get – no, he doesn't want them to be able to have access to this stuff because you know they were going to delete what they did and what their old friends who ran Twitter did. So he stopped them from doing that. So he has all of this evidence that he's going to release. He's going to stop all the, he's, he's going to have all this evidence, right? And he's going to release it. And then we're going to see, we're going to see what happened. We're going to see what happened. And that's going to be very interesting. That'll be the next, that'll be the next step in all of this. That'll be the next step in all of this. And I think it's going to be appalling to most people, to most people. The, the, the left will, 
not even talk about it. We, they talked about this on Fox News this morning. They said, well, when all this evidence comes out, I'll be talking about it. A lot of podcasts will be talking about it. Joe Rogan will talk about it. Fox will talk about it. But you know, 90% of the media, the left-controlled media like CNN, MSNBC, they'll pretend it didn't even happen. They'll, they'll, never, they'll never give it a, a, a minute. We see this now with um, Warnock and Walker. They both have character flaws. Everyone has character flaws, by the way. If you're trying to find a politician with no character flaws, you're not going to have any politicians. They both have kind of character flaws, which are somewhat, you know, on the same level, right? There might have been some misogyny in the past. They both, you know, come from that background where they may have not treated women the best way. But you look at the, the mainstream media, the left media, and they don't mention Warnock at all. They don't talk about any of Warnock's flaws. Or they'll talk about it for 30 seconds. And then they'll spend 30 minutes now awful Herschel Walker is. This is how the left fixes elections. This is the legal way of fixing elections. Of course, it shouldn't be legal. We should bring back the fairness doctrine. It, this should not be legal. But this is the legal way of fixing elections. You brainwash people. You, you beat it into people's minds how bad one person is. What is it called? Accentuating the positive, eliminating the negative. There they accentuate the negative and eliminate the positive. So you'll just talk about how awful Herschel Walker is. Oh, my God, abortions and abortions and this, that, and the other thing and treating women like shit. And Warnock, who we know ran over his wife's foot, and his wife said he's a sociopath who lies. They won't talk about that. They're not going to talk about that. All right? There'll be no equal time given. So this is the way they create their narrative. This is the way they create their narrative and get people to vote a certain way. And this is not the kind of election fraud you can prove, right? It's not the kind of election fraud you can bring to court, but it's what they do. It's what they do to fix elections their way. This is what Twitter did for years by doing things like censoring the Hunter Biden story. Same thing with Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg admitted he admitted he admitted the, the feds told him to censor it and he did. The FBI told him to censor it, and he did. The New York Post, one of the oldest newspapers in the world, boop, knocked off Twitter. Their account was suspended because they dare put up a story about Hunter Biden. Now, of course, CBS, three years later, has verified it. They've gone through an investigative process, and they verified. Speaking of investigative process, what have happened to the guy who on NBC, Miguel, what's his name, would have... Did he disappear him? Did he go into the witness protection program? The one who talked about the Pelosi story, who gave actually the truth about the Pelosi story, and they and they deleted the story, and they sent him off to the cornfield. Remember the Twilight Zone? Where they get sent off into the cornfield, but that little evil boy. Is that what they did? Is he in the cornfield? Speaking of cornfields, this is like a... Uh, we talk about elections and fixing elections. And how Democrats legally fix it, legally rig it, and through things like ballot harvesting, right? And there were many steps ahead of Republicans. And I blame Republicans for that. You know your opponent is going to do something, and you don't either, one, stop them from doing it, or two, do it. You have two choices, right? You can stop them from doing it, or you can do it better than them, right? So they have those two choices, stop them or do it better, and they did neither. So that's on the Republicans. So speaking of the corn, <laughs> speaking of harvesting, you see where my train of thought's going tonight. The Republicans have to learn how to harvest votes better. 
And I don't care if you need to hire the children of the corn. Remember the children of the corn? <laughs> to harvest votes. Go out and harvest them. Do exactly what the Democrats do, but do it better. And then you win. That's called the one-upsmanship game. You, you know what they do. You know how they do it. And let you let them continue to do it and then complain about it. You, there's really nothing to complain about. You just got to do it better than them. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, we shouldn't. It shouldn't be legal. Yes, we shouldn't allow it. Yes, there should be one election day. Everyone goes to the polls. And that election day, we should be a holiday. And that should be the end of it. There should be no vote harvesting. <laughs> but there is. And it's allowed right now. So you got to do it better than your opponent does it. You can't let them do it and then say, oh, they rigged it. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So they were behind the eight ball. They were really behind the eight ball in 2020, and they were behind the eight ball again. And you can maybe forgive them the first time. You know, fool me one, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But you really can't forgive them the second time. And they certainly can't let it happen in the next presidential election again. They've got to be ready for it, and they've got to do it better. That's all. Do it better. You hire people who know what they're doing, and they do it. And that's the way it has to be from now on. OK, no more complaining, no more complaining about fixed elections and illegitimate can illegitimate leaders and all that stuff. When you know what they're going to do ahead of time and you let them do it anyway. To me, that's called being a loser. OK, I have to be frank with my Republican friend. That's called being a loser. You have all the resources, you have all the money, you have the ability to do the same thing your opponent does and you don't do it. You can't complain. Now you know the game, and now you know what you need to do between now and 2024. We're going to have election month or election six weeks and harvesting of votes. If that's democracy in this country now, it, it's not democracy in any other country in the world. They all have one election day. But if we're going to do that this way here, then you have to just do it better. That's all. Going back to... My original thought of the censorship. Um, it's a, we're not just seeing it from progressives. We're not just seeing the complaining from the progressives um, about this, about Twitter. Um, this is the Washington Post. This is the Washington Post. Once again, here's the Washington Post. Who Progressives and liberals will agree. I'm going to read you. Their little paragraph on Twitter ending its ban on COVID misinformation, which the Washington Post calls misinformation, but we all know is real information, right? Or like different opinions by different doctors, okay? The Washington Post thinks that Fauci is the only opinion that counts. See, they also believe that Fauci is science because it plays into their narrative, right? It plays into a liberal, extreme liberal narrative of COVID. The rollback of Twitter's COVID misinformation policy is just the latest pivot since Elon Musk took control of the company a month ago. Doctors and public health officials, but by that, that means Fauci and uh, Osterholm and Burks, say Musk's decision is a huge step backwards and will lead to more deaths. How, how funny is that? It'll lead to more deaths. It'll lead to more deaths. No, no, no. Lockdowns led to deaths. You stupid bastards. Lockdowns led to deaths. Vaccine mandates led to deaths. Vaccines are leading to deaths. 
that all led to deaths. What could possibly lead to how how could anything possibly lead to deaths now with covid everyone's gotten 17 fucking vaccines i thought the first two was supposed to end all deaths then the third booster was supposed to end all deaths then the fourth booster was supposed to end all deaths then the fifth booster was supposed to end all deaths so what possible let's say me i'm not a doctor what possible misinformation in quotes could i put out there on twitter that's going to lead to more deaths when all this stuff was supposed to be designed to stop the deaths why aren't the deaths stopping they this this is the real information isn't it that the vaccines were going to end covid so what happened that real information was it did it end up being false information were they just wrong were they just wrong? Did they just not know science by 2020 yet? Were they just caught up to science by 2020 yet? Did they just understand yet how this works? But I thought all of these vaccines, these, these precious magical vaccines and the precious magical cloth masks were going to end deaths. What happened? So what information or misinformation could I, Micah Chopley, possibly put on Twitter in December of 2022, going on 2023, that will lead to more people actually passing away? You fucking morons. You Washington Post fake news fuckheads. Who takes these people seriously? Now, the left, the progressive, the liberals will embrace will get on their knees for this Washington Post article and say, oh, how brilliant it is. Yes. Meanwhile, this is the same fucking shit journalist outlet that the, the progressives were going crazy over in 2016 because they wrote like 12, a dozen hit pieces on Bernie Sanders in a 24. They wrote 12 fake news articles about their precious Bernie Sanders in a 24-hour period, and the progressives were screaming how fake the Washington Post was. Oh, you establishment Democratic rag. Well, now, fast forward a few years, and now they're this precious journalistic outlet that's telling the truth about COVID misinformation. These people are the scum of the earth. They're so When someone is so fake and so shallow and so obvious to see through, ugh, Makes me, they make me disgusting. They make me disgusted to ever have been associated with them at all. At all. In a much calmer way, Jay Bhattacharya responds by saying, The Covidian censorship regime we have been under these past three years or so has enabled the lockdowns and ideology to persist long past its due date. Imagine an honest debate about lockdowns, about school closures, etc. So much would have been different. Censorship kills. Thank you, Dr. Bhattacharya. Censorship kills. Not information that gives people the option of making their own decision, decisions. Not dissenting or other opinions that make people question the official government narrative. The official narrative of either their president or their governor. Remember, this wasn't the official narrative in Florida. This wasn't the official narrative in Florida. 
The official narrative in Florida was lockdowns were a mistake. They never should have happened. Even the short lockdowns DeSantis did he's apologized for. Opening up the economy early, not doing the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates and all that has worked out to a better result. A better result, not only in actual deaths of people in the second oldest state or the oldest state in the union, but also in the economy. And a positive economy, a good economy, because a bad economy kills also. A bad economy kills the poor. It actually kills them. They die from it. But liberal leftist elites won't understand that because they have it so good. They don't, they, they, they've had a friend or someone they know die from a bad economy. They don't know, even know what the fuck that is. These people are such in their own bubbles, their own, their own world, their own universe. Elderly people who couldn't see anyone, who couldn't go out, who died of loneliness and isolation by the thousands, the thousands. There was no ticker for that on your MSNBC. There was no ticker for that on your CNN. Wake up. COVID misinformation, my ass. Everything we've seen from the official narrative has been COVID misinformation. Everything. From the magical mass will end COVID, to the magical vaccines will end COVID, to the magical mask mandates and vaccine mandates will end COVID, and the lockdowns will end COVID, and if we hide for 15 days, we'll end COVID, and so on and so on. How many times did they lie? And the Washington Post now, three years later, still writes this drivel. You see why it gets me so angry. A new study comes out, the gold standard of study showing that N95 and surgical masks are equally worthless. Equally worthless, study after study, equally worthless against COVID, against RSV, against flu, against any kind of fucking disease you can think of. But no, that's COVID misinformation. You see, if I put up a study that shows, if I put up all those wonderful charts that Ian Miller's been writing for three years, the book is unmasked. You should get it if you already haven't. You should have gotten it already. It's on Amazon by Ian Miller. All those wonderful charts and graphs that he compiled in the first 18 months of COVID showing that the mask was shit and did nothing. If I posted those charts and graphs, actual evidence for 18 months, they would say that's misinformation is going to kill people because they might take their fucking masks off after three goddamn years. All the studies that have come out that have showed lockdowns killed, they killed many more people than they saved because that's not so hard because they didn't save anybody. If I put those studies on, that's misinformation that kills, according to the shit rag Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness, darkness up your fucking wazoo. Once again, Jay Bhattacharya calming me down says that the Biden administration disagrees with some scientific opinion making the rounds on social media. Why don't they put out a reasoned response? Why don't they put out a reasoned response instead of using their muscle to censor people? They have the bully pulpit and tremendous power. They're sent, they censor because their argument is weak. 
weak tea. David Sachs, the owner of this network. David Sachs, the owner of this network you're listening to me on. With the possible exception of Microsoft in the late 90s, there's never been a tech monopoly as powerful as Apple. Its power is so feared that few application companies will dare to criticize Apple publicly, even though almost all privately voice similar concerns as Elon Musk. And Musk responded, this is a serious, serious problem. Google is 25 times bigger than Twitter. Apple is 50 times bigger than Twitter. They can crush Twitter like they crush Parler. They have too much power and they abuse it. We must update and enforce our century-old antitrust laws and break up their gatekeeping power. That's from a guy named Mike Davis on Twitter. Absolutely right, 100%, Mike. 100%. No doubt about it. But the progressives will be against that, which they were supposedly always for, right? Progressives always said these monopolies were evil, right? We need to bring it back in. That's all I heard, too, is antitrust, antitrust, bring it back, bring it back. Now, no, they're great because they go after Elon Musk because Elon Musk doesn't let the left run Twitter and run and fix elections through narrative control on Twitter. This is called having no backbone. This is called having no real moral center, no real ethical center to yourself. You just say things that sound good, that feel good at the time. You say things when they benefit you at the time. From Glenn Greenwald. There are a few things more revealing of an authoritarian mindset than wanting Google and Apple to use their monopoly power to act as Internet overlords, dictating who and can't be heard, what ideas are and what ideas are not permitted. Yet that's our situation. And so many seem grateful. So many, yeah, so many on the left, so many progressives. I don't see any people, I don't see any people on the right seeming grateful. I don't see any independents, moderate independents seeming grateful of this. It's all people on the left. It's all progressives. It's kind of a topsy-turvy flipped around world, right? These are the people who are supposedly against all this. Now they're for it because it benefits their narrative, you see. It, it just benefits them. You know what that's called? It's called selfishness. It's called selfishness. When it benefits you, Selfishly, then all of a sudden your morals and ethics are evaporated into the air. They don't exist anymore. Be consistent with your morals. Be consistent with your values. Be consistent with your ethics, even if it hurts, because that's what it's all about. That's what's about having a moral core, a center means, a center doesn't matter what things are going on around you. You keep that moral core. You keep that center, even if it hurts, even if it doesn't fucking benefit you in the moment, you selfish pricks. <clears throat> Who would think that reading tweets on Twitter would make me calmer? Sometimes they do. As I said yesterday, 80%, 99, 98%. 98% of Apple's donations to the, to the Democratic Party. This is not a surprise. 99% of the old Twitter's donations were to the Democratic Party. 99% of Google, all these techies are Democrats and give to the Democratic Party. This is not a shock to anybody. Just like 99% of journalists give to the Democratic Party and the Democrats. This is not a shock to anybody. What should be a shock 
What should always be a shock is that these people can't put their politics aside when they have a job that is so important. When they have a job that is so important when it comes to being fair and balanced and accurate. I'll say it again. The journalists of the past were also mostly Democrats. They certainly all had a political opinion. Walter Cronkite certainly had a political opinion. It's like he didn't vote. And he probably voted for Democrats. But I don't know for sure. You know why I don't know for sure? Because he was a fucking journalist and he didn't let you know. Because he did his job. The problem is now you know. See, don't you understand? That's the problem. Now you know. You know who Don Lemon votes for. You know who Anderson Cooper votes for. You know, well, these aren't real journalists, but Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and those morons, you know who they vote for. But that's fine. That's an opinion show. It's a dumb opinion show. It shouldn't even exist, but it's not journalism. People like Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and CNN push themselves off as journalists. That's the problem. You know who they vote for. You know who Lawrence O'Donnell vote for. You know who Rachel Maddow votes for. You know, you know, you know, and that's the problem. You know who your local anchors in your little town vote for. They make it known also, don't they? You shouldn't know. And you shouldn't know the people who run Twitter or Google and Apple. You shouldn't know who they vote for either, but you do. And that's the problem. That's the problem. It's like with celebrities. I don't want to know. Do you want to know what celebrities you like, who they vote for? I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know the political, my, the political opinions of celebrities. I don't want to know. Because that's not what I care about when it comes to them. I care about their art. I care about their performances. I care about their artistry, their writing, their directing. I don't, I don't want to know. Their political opinions. Because then it ruins everything, you see. I got to watch a guy like Rob Reiner now. I got to watch his movies or I got to go back. I love uh, I, I love All in the Family. It's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Of course, you couldn't make that now because of the woke, woke world we live in. But I, I, now I got to look at him and think of all the shit he says on Twitter. Why would anyone want to do that to themselves, to their careers? So I don't want to know. I don't want to know what my journalist or my or the celebrity or the actors or the I don't care. And they should not let it be known. And the ones who do the right thing don't let it be known. But the journalists are the worst, obviously, because their job, their job is to present the news. Just present the facts. Just present the facts. The Hunter Biden laptop shows this. These are the files. These are the emails. These are the emails that Fauci wrote to big tech. These are the emails that Fauci wrote to Twitter. These are the emails. These is, this is what the emails say. Then you decide what that means. You decide if that's a conflict of interest. You decide if that bothers you. You decide if that's a problem. But that's not what we have now. We have a media that says we're not going to. No, no, we don't like what's on the Hunter Biden because it makes Hunter Biden and the Biden family name and Joe Biden look bad and he can lose the election. So we're going to pretend it doesn't exist. We're going to say it's fake news. 
until after the election, then we're going to say it's real news. We're going to take we're going to take the New York Post off Twitter because we don't like what they're saying about Joe Biden's son. And it reflects badly on Joe Biden and the elections in a couple of months. And we're not going to allow that. That is when it comes down to a problem. That is when I have a problem. That's when all of us should have a problem with this stuff. You put it up there. You let it go out there. Then you let adults decide what they think about it. If you think that Joe Biden having a son like that is a problem, that's your right. If you think that Joe Biden had something to do with this, that's your right. If you don't think it's a big deal, that's your right. If you didn't think it was a big deal that Bill Clinton got a blowjob in the Oval Office, that's your right. I didn't think it was a big deal. But you can't if this was if the Clinton thing were now, think about that. If the Clinton thing was now, once again, when Clinton was in office, they were better journalists. We got a lot of the facts. They weren't censored. They weren't pushed onto the carpet. Think about the Clinton thing was now with social media. You would have had Twitter and Clinton was running for office. You would have had Twitter censoring any story that had to do with Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. It would not have been there. People would have had their accounts frozen. And it was all real news, wasn't it? It actually happened. But we never would have known it. It would have been censored. Because it would hurt Bill Clinton politically. You make your mind up. Do you think that's a big deal? This is what happened. We have evidence. We now know that Bill Clinton got a blowjob in the Oval Office. If that bothers you, don't vote for him. If it doesn't bother you, vote for him. Adults can make the decisions. But what we have now is social media telling us it's eliminating facts. It's eliminating reality and creating their own reality to get the outcome they want. And this is what Elon Musk is fighting against. And this is what the left hates. So when you're seeing the left hating all this, the only assumption you can make is that they like censorship when it suits them. Now, they wouldn't want a they wouldn't want the story censored if it was about Trump's son. If Trump was a big guy getting 10 percent, you help they, 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 they'd be outraged if that story was censored. But they know they have these people on their side. If Twitter had 99 percent of their employees giving to Republicans, then the Democrats would be outraged. Because then the censorship would probably be the other way around, right? Censorship is evil. Censorship kills because it withholds valuable information from adults who can then make an informed decision, a truly informed decision. About a candidate, about an issue, about whatever it may be, about a mask, about a vaccine. But the fact of the matter is, at least half of the information, more than half, was withheld from people. So they could not make an informed decision. They made a coerced decision. Because the assumption for most people was that the information they were seeing was the only information out there.
the only facts out there. And of course, that wasn't the truth. But what's even more nefarious is even knowing now this wasn't the truth. You still have these shit rags like the Washington Post pretending they haven't been caught. They're pretending they haven't been caught. They're pretending Elon Musk hasn't caught them. And they know what's coming. You see, that's the thing. They're trying to preempt what's coming because the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC know what's coming. Evidence that they colluded with social media to withhold real evidence. And they know he's going to show that. So they want to defame him. They want to destroy him. So when he shows this, people don't believe it. Because they know they've been caught. Red-handed. And they're afraid. What are they most afraid of? That people are going to realize they're not relevant anymore. And they're not relevant anymore. Newspapers are not relevant anymore. I remember when people, I knew people who read the Times inside and out. The Washington Post inside and out. The Wall Street Journal inside, everything inside and out. This, they were getting the real, they were getting information. They were getting real news. They were getting facts. They were up to date on their stories. They knew what was going on. I worked at a radio station where everyone got every fucking paper. They were piled up in the old days when you actually got newspapers. And it was the New York Post and it was the New York Daily News and it was the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Those in USA Today. And those were the top six papers. And everyone at that station who had a radio show would read them inside and out to do their job. This is the information they were getting. And now these newspapers are uh, part of it is just the way things have gone, right? With social media and the web and all that. But another part of it is that they, they lie. Now they censor, they delete, they have a certain narrative they want to push. It's not news anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not the news anymore. It's not the real story. It's not the whole story. It's part of the story. It's the part they want you to see. And that's happened because the people who have taken over these publications are not real journalists. They're social activists. They're social activists and they got their hands on power. They got their hands on a very powerful information source that they could push their narrative through. And it was a boondoggle for all these people. That's what's happened. Long time no speak. What's going on? You've been very silent lately. Well, I'm eating popcorn. <laughs> well, you're eating popcorn without a movie. You don't go to the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little weird. I don't even have a TV. Um, yeah, you're, you're right about um, journalism these days. It's really uh, mercenary journalism is, is the way I see it. Um, journalism for hire. Um, Pfizer's hired them. Um, uh, there's been so many people that have profited from this chaos that has been hiring them. And um, it's something that needs to, needs to stop. Um, I don't know if we've ever gone... Even even in the yellow journalism days of our history, we, I don't think we've ever gone through a darker period than we are right now with respect to um, journalism. 
Um, it's 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 damaging our lives in ways that we cannot fully comprehend at this point. Um, it's just so insidious and pervasive and ubiquitous. It's 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 chewing at every aspect of our lives at this point, and we really need to find a far better way. Um, you're right in that that some of this transition is due to technological changes. Um, we have social media, and you know, social media is is a far better way nowadays to get news than reading um, the major news media outlets because. It, you, you, after a while, you build a um, – if, if you're conscientious and you're a proper cynic and skeptic, you build a um, network of people around you, whether it's online or in your real life, um, that that are cynics as well. And so you know that, 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 that the news that is getting passed on is, has gone through some pretty damn good filters. Um, and, but if, if you just read the headlines – of Wall Street Journal or, or Washington Post or New York Times or CNN or Fox News, um, you get a very, you know, unfiltered um, perspective of what's going on in the world. And that mercenary journalism has a direct path into into your head. Um, so social media has, has benefited us in, in ways um, by doing um, a lot of filtering um, for us through our networks, our trusted networks. Now, some people don't know how to build a trusted network and that's and that's a big problem they build people networks of people that are um like-minded and not properly cynical cynical not properly skeptical um and and that's that's a huge problem um so so social media can be can, can work to inform us in really wonderful ways these days but too much of our society doesn't have that proper cynicism and it ends up hurting that other part of our society that does not have that network of filters um, enabled in their relationships. Yeah, it's it certainly exactly, exactly right. M most people don't have all the outlets that we have, right? They, they don't use all of them. I mean, most people have it at their fingertips, but they don't. They just they simply rely, especially older people. Older Daniel, I, I can't stop my older friends from getting every booster. They've gotten every one now, and I I can't. I, it's like I, there's no. I feel like I want to say something, but then I'm I'm being a hypocrite because I don't want people criticizing me for not getting. You see, what I'm saying I don't want people to criticize me for not getting any vaccines. I don't want to bother them for getting all of them. But the older people in general are definitely coerced because they still most of them. But believe in in the general right. They 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 still believe in the Washington Post. They still believe in the traditional journalistic outlets. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, well, they grew up most of their lives um, during a time when it was um, a, a cynic, a properly cynical and skeptical person would um, wouldn't do too wrong to have trusted the New York Times and the Washington Post and Wall Street Journal. Um, those times are long gone. And those times pretty much ended, in my mind, in year 2003, when the Iraq invasion um, took off. Uh, you, you, every justification for that war that ever came out was within days shot down by people that were in positions to know better. Um, and they made, they made the reasons for shooting that down very, very, very crystal clear. And But nevertheless, the media would just go on to pushing some new narrative 
for um, a justification for that invasion. And it was it was transparent. It was really ugly. And it was really heartbreaking because I watched 80 percent of our population within that time, that period around March of 2003, just buying into the whole thing. Iraq WMDs, um, the, uh, the story about Iraq, the various stories about Saddam Hussein gassing his own people, which which didn't happen. Um, There's just, they just bought into everything, absolutely everything. And it was, and, and I remember at the time thinking, if, if this is happening now, how much worse is this going to get? Well, we're seeing how much worse it could get. I mean, have we ever lived? No. The question is no. We have never, the answer is no. We have never lived through a period in our history, even remote, remotely in this country, like the last three years. Other countries, they've seen experiences like this, with this Orwellian type of, of uh, doublespeak and, and uh, manipulation and uh, um, mercenary journalism and, and just outright propaganda. Um, They've lived through this, not in this country, not even yellow journalism uh, got anywhere close to what we've experienced these last three years. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. So, you know, it, 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 it really is broken down, I think, by demographics when it comes to the trust in the media. And I think but I think as we go along with the generations and the older generations die away, I think it's going to be less and less trust. For the for the you know what we call the traditional media, you know Washington Post, New York Times, those kinds of outlets, you know, um, and I think those places will just go away eventually too, because they're not going to be able to compete with all the other alternative you know media outlets out there. I mean, they've already struggled, right? They already have gone mostly to online. They have to put up paywalls to try to make a few bucks. It's very it's very depressing in a way for them because they'll do these things. Well, oh, well, here's a special, right? Here's a dollar for a year. You know, just trying to get any money they can out of it to keep up the the numbers so they can get advertisers. And this yeah. is my point. This is my point with Twitter. All these advertisers that claim they've left. Well, not everyone has. And the ones that left will come back because the numbers keep going up and up and up. Look at the amount of people who are subscribing to Twitter compared to the amount of people who subscribe to The New York Times. OK. Or The Washington Post. I mean, the, the, Twitter's going to crush them all. All these social media outlets are going to crush them all. You yeah. know, so it, they say, you know, the marketplace will take care of itself, and it will. The marketplace will take care of itself. The free market will take care of itself. But people just are not trusting them simply because they lie. And they're being proven to be – they're being – they're proven liars. They're proven liars. And everyone knows that they have a narrative to push. Everyone knows that. The left knows it. The right knows it. The center knows it. The only difference is, is that the people on the left like the narrative they're pushing, so they'll continue to support them. And that's the problem. But a lot of people in this country know what's going on with the media. They understand they lie. They understand they're mostly social activists. And what I feel, who I feel bad for, really, are the few people, the few journalists out there, especially the younger ones who, want, who still believe in real journalism, who want to be real journalists. I feel bad for them because they just get totally... Uh, squashed by all these fake journalists, by all these narrative pushers, by all these activists, social activists. And it's hard to be a real journalist these days. It really is. Like there are very few of them, right? There's like Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. At point I talk. I talk about him all the time because he's the only one I can I know. Yeah. Who's just consistently fair, 
yeah. and consistently illuminating of what you know of the real of real news. And everyone else just seems to be just like I say, a social media activist who wants to push their narrative and gets off on the fact that they may maybe they get a few more votes for their person. Maybe they get a few more votes for their political candidate of choice, a few more votes for their party. I mean, to think that that's what journalism has become, but that's basically what it's become. You know, stands people like Glenn Greenwald who believe in actual journalism. And that's why, like I said, you're not supposed to know your local journalist, your local newscaster. You're not supposed to know their political bent. That's the whole point. And that's the great thing about, like I said, Walter Cronkite. I have no idea if he was a Democrat or Republican. I don't know. And with someone like Glenn Greenwald, I actually don't know if he's a Democrat or Republican. I don't. Maybe he goes back and forth. Maybe who knows? I don't know. I don't know if he's. He's not. He, first of all, he's in. He's in Brazil, isn't he? But I don't know if he's a conservative or a liberal. I don't know, because sometimes he'll write a story which will kind of, you know, uh, it'll it'll prove the facts that the left is pushing to be right. And he'll prove a story that are pushing the facts that the right. So I don't know because he's very fair. I mean, fair and balanced is a cliche now, but he is. So I don't know his political, I don't know his political party. I don't know if he's a liberal or a conservative. I don't know how he's voted through his life. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Well, if there are any young people out there that are thinking about going into journalism, then the last thing that they should do is um, try to repeat the behavior that they're seeing um, in, in the um, mainstream media. Um, there are, and for the simple reason that uh, that market, that market of mercenary journalism is saturated, and any young person that wants to make a name for themselves and make a career for themselves, you don't go into a saturated market. You go into a market where you can find, make your own niche and make your own mark. So that that place right now is being a proper cynic and proper skeptic, regardless of your politics. You're absolutely correct. You shouldn't know. We shouldn't know our journalist politics. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And 90% of the journalists nowadays, we, we know their politics. We know who they vote for. We, we know exactly who they vote for. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and it's gotten to the point now where it's so obvious they don't even, they don't even try to hide it, right? They actually promote it, right? They, they actually yeah. they let you know. They're, they're, they're happy to let you know that they're a liberal. You know, they're yeah. happy to let you know they vote for Democrats. Yes, and, there was a day when you brought yourself shame by letting that slip. Uh-huh. By letting that veil slip and, and showing which where your political affiliations were as a journalist, that brought you shame back in the day. Well, and I don't, and I, I don't see. I don't consider anybody on, and I'll be very fair about this. I don't consider anybody on MSNBC or CNN or Fox News. I don't. I don't consider anybody on these cable networks to be journalists. None of them, either on the, on the right or on the left. None of them are journalists. Some of them consider themselves journalists. I don't know why. They're not. They're not. They take the news. It's called news talk. It's what I did. It's what I'm doing here. It's called news talk. You take news items and you talk about them and you put your own opinion and own spin on them. Right. You give your opinion. You give your even if it's a learned opinion, it's an opinion. And I don't mind people who admit that. Like I said, the view, the view, you know, they just they're all leftists and they're giving their opinions. OK, they're all leftists, women, and they're giving their woke opinions fine, whatever. It's all garbage. It's nonsense. People take them way too seriously. But it's obvious, right? It's not like nefarious. 
like they're pretending to be journalists. If you think if you think if you think Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg is a journalist, then you're an idiot. That's all I can say. But the fact of the matter is, at least they're honest about it. So if you're going to be honest about it, that's fine. The problem is when you try to push here CNN cable news network. Ah, uh, uh, maybe it was thirty years ago whenever it started, but not now. That's a lie. You're not a news network. You're not. You're an opinion. You're a talk. You're a talk news network. You yeah. talk about the news. That's yeah, you. They, they you will talk about the news. They will flip back and forth between wanting to be called a journalist and a commentator, depending on um, whether it serves them at the particular moment in time. Yes, but you you know what? Here's the problem too. Maybe the, people want their cake and eat it too. They want to be both, right? They want to be journalists and they want to be commentators, but you really can't be. You got to pick one or the other. You pick one or the other. If you're a news anchor, you're a journalist. You're not a commentator. If you're if you have a talk show, you're a commentator. See, you could be one or the other. You can't be both. I would agree. I would agree. There, there, there should be a bright line there. This should be like a a banker. You shouldn't be. Um, this is, you know, like uh, SBF and. and um, and what would happen there? You're not supposed to take um, uh, funds um, that um, your your, um, your investors put in your bank and cross certain lines with this and just start trading that money as if it was your own. Um, and that's what you do when you cross the line between journalist and, and commentator. You cross the line that 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 shouldn't simply should not be crossed. And if it's in, in the case of banking, there are legal lines there. Um, we need more. Um, it, but in the case of journalism, not that not too many legal lines there. Um, but um, there are definitely socially established lines. And those lines over the last 20 years or more since the advent of, of cable news and some of the things that happened with respect to the fairness doctrine, et cetera, um, those lines just get they just jump back and forth at, across them willy nilly, you know, according to whatever serves their present purpose. Exactly. Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Let me have a great night. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, Rudy. Rudy, you're up. What's up? Hey man, how you doing? <laughs> oh, doing okay. Um, how's my uh, sound? Good, you sound fine. Good. Except I hear oh, myself in the background. Sound. You might want to turn it down so Give me a second. Yeah. Yeah. How about now? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, so I hear your point. I think it's a good case, right? Um, I was wondering what you make of, because you made the point that the view is left. And I was in Europe, and I noticed that there's a lot of Europeans that would consider the view very, very right. So, like, what do you, do you just not look at those people, or what do you, like, what bucket do you lump them in? Because those people would consider that, like when the Obama, for example, he had, he's uh, one of these election people went to the UK, and over there, over there they helped, they helped um, the right wing, the um, conservative party, um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm sort of curious about. I don't, I don't see any any possibility anyone could see those people on the view there's usually one token right winger 
and that's gotten it's gotten so bad for the person who's a token right winger to be on that show that they they left. That, that, that's happened several times where the token right winger uh, is is overwhelmed by the lefties on the panel that they leave because they're treated like crap, you know, and they're treated like crap on the show and also behind the scenes. I mean, I can't see how anyone would see the view. Uh, as being anything but extreme left wing. I mean, Joy Behar is an. I, I work with her. She's an extreme left winger. I mean, she's extreme left. Whoopi Goldberg's an extreme left winger. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, they they prop up Biden. They denounce Trump. They prop up Obama. They denounce DeSantis. There, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing fair and balanced about them. Now, once again, I have no problem with that. I really don't. I mean, you have a show which is obvious. It's obvious to anyone with half a brain who these people are. And they, they, uh, and they, and they proudly support Democrats and denounce Republicans. I mean, they proudly do that. Joy yeah, Biden's not going to lie to you. If you ask her if she's a Democrat, she's going to say yes. No, so that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, uh, I'm talking about there's, there's sort of an international political scene, right? And there's a spectrum, I suppose. There's an international spectrum. And, you know, le- there are leftists that consider that to be a leftist is to be sort of not for capital. Right. That's and, right. So then the view, all the ladies on the view, I think, are millionaires. <laughs> yeah, of course Which, they are. So then, another, Rudy, that's another problem. Every, almost everyone you see on television is very wealthy. <laughs> right. But then, but then how can you be... How can you be a? Le- That's what I'm saying. They would challenge the fact that these are millionaires, million millionaire leftists. That they'll say that the view isn't. I understand that in the U.S. there's Democrats and there's Republicans, and we have our sort of idea of leftists. I'm just wondering, what do you consider? Like, what do you think about the people that look at the United States and consider that we have two right-wing parties mm. and we're just sort of yeah. splitting hairs? I guess you could say that, yeah, from an outsider's point of view, sure. I mean, look, I, I'm of the opinion you can be wealthy and, and, and be a leftist. Do you not, I, I don't think you're automatically a sellout because you've got a, a good bank account. I, I don't think that's the way it works. I don't think you have to enjoy poverty to be a lefty. I, I don't think you have to enjoy poverty to have any kind of one particular political ideology. And I, I think the problem is, the problem to me is, and once again, I, I can't give you the outsider's point of view. I, I'm, I'm, I live in this country. I was born in this country. I suppose I can ask you, what is your definition of a leftist versus oh, a right? <laughs> Well, you know, Daniel often talks about this. He gets mad at me because I'll, I'll talk about liberals in a negative way. And he'll say they're not liberals, they're illiberals. Because, you know, my, my idea of a, li- a liberal growing up, I always thought of a liberal as someone who was very open. This is... Let me let me give it to you from my opinion of growing up as a child who was always involved in politics. I was always very political. I was always into it. And I, I always thought a liberal was someone who was very open minded. Right. Very accepting of all kinds of people. Um, believed in free and openness. Um, uh, would, would not want to would, would want open discussions on everything. Open discussions. No, no stifling of speech, very open, honest discussions. Um, if you talk about liberal parents, you know, they, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, you know, they let their kids go out more. They wouldn't be so strict with them. They'd be very open-minded with their kids. Um, they teach kids about open-mindedness. 
that was always my idea of what a of, a, of what a liberal was, right? Uh, uh, you know, giving to charities, giving to people, um, uh, not being discriminatory. That was my idea of what a, a liberal was. My whole life, really, but especially mm-hmm. as a child growing up, and. So I think Daniel's right when he calls the people I criticize illiberals, because I don't think you can call someone a liberal who believes that the government should stifle free speech or the government should say you must take a vaccine or the government should say you must do this with your body or the government says you must close your business when we tell you to close it. To me, that's not what I would consider liberal. That's illiberal. To me, that's more. Uh, authoritarian. I don't know if I can say conservative. Now, some people would say the traditional idea of liberal and conservative has to do more with economics, right? You can talk about it from a social point of view, or you can talk about it from an economic point of view. There are different definitions, right? Economic point of view, conservative would be more like, you know, uh, not spending so much, right? Being more conservative. Wait, wait, wait. Being more conservative with your money. Worrying about future generations and if the money is going to be there and the programs we have now are going to be there for future generations. You know, the idea of taxing less and the idea of the left taxing, believing in taxing more, taxing the wealthy more. The conservatives who believe in not taxing. Wait a minute, let me finish. A conservative point of view would be. Go ahead, go ahead, Rudy, go ahead. uh, How do you conserve programs when you're taxing less? Is it like, do the people conserving. Do they just do it out of charity? You mean as far as what? As far as the taxing people, just taxing the wealthy? No, I'm saying you, you said um, conservatives are worried about conserving uh, programs for future kids. And I'm trying to figure out what programs would be conserved by, you know, taxing less. Well, Social Security, Medicare, those programs that they believe will go bankrupt. That's but always been the by, that's by, always been the more the more right wing point of view that those programs, you know, the, the left will say that conservatives want to get rid of those programs, and conservatives will say the Republicans will say no, no, no. We just want to make sure that money is always going to be there. That we're not going to bankrupt these systems. So future generations, let's say young people who are paying into it now at twenty five, aren't going to have it when they're sixty eight because it's no longer going to exist. So we have to we have to make sure those programs are still existing in 40 years so these people who pay into it now still have it when they get to that age it's not fair for people to pay into those programs now and then not have it when they need it so that those are two different you see once again you have if you ask a conservative what conservative means they'll give you one opinion right if you ask a liberal what what are you conservative or are you a liberal me Right. I don't know. I, I don't like I don't like I don't like labels. I, I don't like labels because on some things I might take what people consider the more liberal point of view. On some things I might take the more conservative point of view. On some things I might take a point of view which is liberal and you would disagree that it's liberal. Right. And we're talking about that right now. Are so, there independents in your thing? Are there people independent? of? Wait this? a minute, Rudy, you just even said that people outside this country see it differently right. than right. people within the country. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> so it, it's it's it, when you're putting labels on something. It's it's almost it, it's it, these are things you really can't put labels on because everyone has a different opinion of what they mean. Oh, can I ask you what your opinion on one thing is? Yeah, of course. What is your opinion on the Iraq war? The Iraq war? It, it, in what way? Uh, I don't know. What is your opinion of the Iraq war, the invasion of Iraq? 
it never should have happened. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then what should we do now about it? Should we give the Iraqi people, I don't know, some type of reparation? No, no, I don't, no, I don't, no. I don't believe in any kind of reparations. I really don't. I don't believe in reparations when it comes to African-Americans or, you know what? The fact of the matter is that I, I don't think we can, we can look at it that way. What we can do, what we should do is stop, do, is, is stop getting involved in mm. other countries' problems. We should stop pushing, we should stop being the policemen of the world in general. Can you know, I ask if you're an Iraqi person, yeah. and after they invaded, killed your people, destroyed the infrastructure, um, mm-hmm. there, was a lot of, um, there was a lot of gold that was taken as well. Yeah. Um, and you basically were bombed, you know, a few decades into the past. Yeah. Um, and then the Americans say they don't believe in reparations and mm-hmm. they don't believe in picks. Like, how would you feel going forward toward Amer- Americans? Do you think this is a... It's a good relationship that we're building. It's a good relationship we're building. America's been doing this throughout time, Rudy. I mean, this is not just an isolated thing, Iraq, right? I mean, it's not it's not an isolated thing that America's been the policeman of the world and that we feel that we can impose our way of life on other people. I mean, this is an ongoing thing, man. I mean, really, hey, Rudy, if we can do reparations... You, you weren't just starting end. You wouldn't just start and end with with the Iraqi people, would you? I mean, um, we, we'd have to we'd have to bankrupt our country basically. Can because, I ask them? Because you know, when black people, it seems, when black people just were arguing for for reparation many years ago, people were like, "We can't give you that." And then time passed, and they said, "Actually, time has passed." But then the Iraqis, they're still alive. We can actually do something about that, right? Um, don't you think it'd be the good decent you know christian conservative thing to do you know once we bombed people such a huge crime i just think i'm not a believer of jesus and all that but i would feel like you know we we you know if i was to kill somebody on accident well we no once again that's a slippery slope then do we give reparations to native americans what did what did we do to native americans hmm so you're saying that we just should just leave that open wound with the Iraqi people? I don't, I don't think money is the answer. I, I don't think money is the answer. I talk about having a moral have, core, have having an ethical Iraqi core. I don't think you can. I don't think you can destroy people, hurt people, and just pay them off and say, "Hey, I mean, isn't, isn't that isn't that kind of cheap? Isn't Wouldn't that kind of cheap?" I think it would help. That's why we, you know, we the police nah. pays its victims. No. That's why. It, that's why we're allowing the 9-11 victim to sue the Saudis. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, that's why we made the, who was it, Haiti pay France back for the slaves that they lost. That's why we paid the slave owners for the slave. It, that's why the Jewish people got theirs, you know. So it, it seems like that slippery slope doesn't happen, though. First of all, there's no consensus in this country. There's no general consensus in this country that what we did there was wrong. But you'll, you'll, you'll still find a lot of people in politics who believe that was not wrong. All right. You'll, you'll, you'll find a lot of people in politics who still believe that that was not. Look, you'll have much more of a consensus. OK, now in politics that slavery was wrong and what we did 
to the African Americans were wrong, what we did to Native Americans were wrong. But you're not going to find a consensus in 2022 that what we did to in Iraq was the wrong thing to do. There's still plenty of neocons in this in this government who believe what we did was was right. But you seem to believe that it was right. Otherwise, you'd still like we should do something about it. No, no, I, I, I didn't say it was right. I never said it was right. I never said it was right. I'm saying if you're talking about reparations, you're going to find much more of a consensus on the other issues than you will on something like the Iraq war. That, that's I'm all I'm saying. Consensus with you, though, that, you know, even if we might not convince everybody else, you know, in the U.S. that we should do something, you know, you, you, you I feel like, I mean, at least I feel like we should do something. I understand that I won't be able to convince everybody that we <laughs> should do something, but yeah. there are Iraqi people who are, you know, suffering from limbs that are lost, that cannot work, from mm. all kind of things um, that, you know, just it'd be a drop of, you know, the bucket of what we did in Ukraine, some $80 billion <laughs> and more. You know, it's it would be a, and it would do so much for the for the Iraqi people. Don't you think? I don't know. I, I really I, I don't know. With reparations. I don't know where you start. Who gets what? Who, who gets how much? Who gets this amount? Who, it's, it's like you're saying things like make it right, right? You're saying things like make it right. How do you make those kinds of things right? There were American ask, soldiers ask, who came back with missing Iraqi limbs. People. I'd say ask the Iraqi people. The Iraqi people must be intelligent enough to know what is, you know, they can ask at least. And then we can say, you know, this is what we can do right mm. now. I think this should at least be a conversation about that. The conversation, the conversation should really be that we're not going to do anything like that again. That's the problem. So, Rudy, the idea is, okay, you know what? We destroy a country. We go in, we destroy it. We say we're going to liberate. We know it's all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. We go in, we destroy a country. Then we say, oh, here's, okay, we destroy you. Here's a few bucks. Okay, what's the next country we're going to go into and destroy? And then we'll say, okay, here's a few bucks for you too. That's, that's not, it's kind of not the point. The point is to learn that what you did was wrong and not do it again. That's the point here. I, I mean, you see, you seem to be obsessed with giving them money. No, 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 no. I, I, I disagree. It doesn't just have to be money. I think we could give them George Bush. We can give them everybody that decided to um, uh, slaughter Iraqi people. Give Here's, them, give them George Bush. Trials. What does that mean? Give them it, George Bush. Um, George Bush is a criminal, and he did crimes in Iraq. And George and- Bush is a criminal. I talk about putting. Tony Fauci in jail. I talk about putting all these doctors in jail who destroyed us all. And you know that's never going to happen. You want to put George Bush in jail? That's what I'm I'm just saying. You seem seem to live in an alternate universe. You know, you you say things. These things make make you feel better, but are they they real things? Are they real things? I'm saying what what is right. I'm not saying what is going to happen. Because right here, we're not. You, are you here talking about what is possible, or are you talking about what should be done? Because I've heard a lot of what should be done from you, yeah. and now what I'm telling you is what should be done, and you're telling me that's you know sort of. Because you, because I want to talk about like real concrete things. This is fantasy world stuff. Who who's going to give George Bush to them? Many people in this country thought it was fine. It was the you right thing. Me, you, you accuse me of wanting to give them money, Rudy. Rudy, there are people on the left now because right. of Trump derange. Rudy. There are people on the left now who may have agreed with you seven years ago who now have Trump derangement syndrome and think George Bush is the greatest thing ever because he's anti-Trump. You understand that, right? There are people on the left who may have agreed with you. 
you said you said that I was obs- obs- obsessed with giving them money, and I'm trying to give you other things that can also. Look, these, these things are. Wait a minute, but and you come up with more fantastic things. Could be the done. money is actually a more concrete possible oh, thing the, than George giving Bush, them George Bush. It's impossible. There's there's a guy that George, um, that Donald Trump had actually forgiven. There was in prison. There was Rudy, actually. Rudy, 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 there's so many leaders. There's so many leaders throughout time. I'm talking about a soldier. I'm talking about a soldier. Yeah. Mike, just listen. I'm talking about a soldier. I'm listening. Not, not, a, not a president. I'm talking about a soldier that was in an American prison because mm-hmm. he was actually convicted of having slaughtered a bunch of Iraqi people. I know. And, and yes. Donald Trump forgave him. And I'm saying, in, in, you know, because we're talking about creating a society, a country that actually stands for something. Because yep. this bullshit about conservatism, um, uh, liberal, and all of this stuff doesn't really matter to me. To me, it's about doing things that are right, and I thought that's what we were talking about. And if right. we were doing things that were right, we'd actually be good citizens of not only our country, but of the, of the world. So then yep. if, if somebody in our country goes and slaughters a bunch of people in another country, I would give those... It, the right thing is to give that person to that country. As we expect those countries would do if we have a, a bunch of Americans slaughtered and this guy runs away to his country. That's how international law works. And I'm saying what we have to do is follow international law. And then the other thing, too, is, again, I'm not part of George Bush's um, administration. But if I had an administration, right, if the one that I would vote for, and I, again, I don't care about this horse race bullshit, right? The administration that I vote for, pie in the sky and everything, goes in and says, I am an American citizen who was who was against what George Bush did. I can't go back in the past and fix what he did. But let me work with the Iraqi people and let's at least meet in the middle. Even if it means giving the peanuts or something, that there be a symbol so that we can move forward. Because this what this does is to create a path forward. And what you're talking about is just to pretend that this thing, and I'm telling you, it might satisfy you, but it won't satisfy the Iraqi people, and it will not satisfy a bunch of other people who are also looking at that and looking at the United States as a bully country. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Have a- Thank you, Rudy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people in other countries who think the United States is a bully country. They don't have a factual basis of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that... <laughs> We need to really talk about concrete things that can be done. Now, I talk about concrete things all the time with Fauci. Yes, yes, I'd love to see Fauci put in prison. I have advocated for the imprisonment of Anthony Fauci. I did it yesterday. I do it on every show. I will do it into next year when these hearings are being held. But I also say in the same breath, it's not going to happen. Anthony Fauci is not going behind bars. Anthony Fauci is not going up. There's not going to be a jury of his peers and that's, of course, you would also need, there's actually a process for these things when it comes to prosecuting war criminals. A, you, can't, you don't just say, the United States doesn't just say, oh, we're going to give George Bush to the Iraqis and they can tear him apart. It's not the way it works. It's a process. And that process is just not going to happen. As I said yesterday, as I said, uh, I, I said on the show a million times, the Bushes of the world, the Bidens of the world, the Fauci's of the world, they, 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 don't, they don't go to jail. They don't go to jail. That's not what happens to them. So we can scream and yell that this is the right thing to do, and this is the moral thing to do, and this is the ethical thing to do, and this is what should happen, and this is the right. This is right. We're on the side of right because we're obsessed with one issue. You're obsessed with Iraq. I'm obsessed with COVID. But 
the fact of the matter is we need to talk about concrete things. What happens after we agree? Okay, we agree. You agree with me that Fauci should be in jail. I agree with you. Let's say I agree with you and say, yeah, Bush is a war criminal. Cheney's a war criminal. They should be in jail. Okay. It's not going to happen. So where do we go from there? What, what, what could really happen? Well, what could really happen, what could actually, really, actually, really happen is that we never do something like that again. And believe me, that would be an actual, really concrete, amazing thing. Because you know what? That's not going to work that way. We are going to do that again. Because we've done it so many times. We're not the only country that does this, by the way, but we're one of the more powerful ones. But it's going to happen again. And it shouldn't happen again. But if it never happened again, that would be the greatest thing that could come from that. That would actually be a very great and concrete thing. Look, there were no new wars under Donald Trump for four years. That's a very concrete thing that hadn't happened for decades and decades until Donald Trump took office, that there were no new wars, that a president didn't start any new conflicts for four years. That's a great thing. If that happened, if that happened for every presidency, we would live in a much better world. It's not going to happen. It didn't. Biden, it's, look, his Afghanistan withdrawal was also a disaster. Did I want to be in Afghanistan? No. Did I think that the way the withdrawal was done was good? No, of course not. Because the people who took over again are, very, are evil people. The Taliban are evil people. They were evil before and they're evil now. Uh, it's impossible. It's impossible to just say, well, we're just going to give everyone reparations. We're just going to give everyone reparations and make everyone feel better until we destroy the next population, until we destroy the next country. I would like to talk about concrete things that can be done, really concrete things that can be done. Iraq, unfortunately, is, uh, is, is, is gone. It's, 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 people aren't even talking about it anymore. Is that right? No, but that's the case. People have moved on to the next thing. They've, they've moved on now to the Ukraine, right? They moved on to the next conflict. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that we can do concrete things, in the future, that prevents something like that from happening ever again. And that's the important thing, and that's what we can talk about. That's the discussion we can have. That's the discussion we can have. But I just think that throwing money at problems, at issues, is not is not going to... It's not going to work. That's what the left does. You want to talk about liberal and conservative. That's what the current left does. They want to just throw money at things. They want to spend more, throw money at something, do another, do another $20 trillion, you know, um, build back better, make America, whatever the fuck Biden called that thing. That's just going to make inflation go up. That's just going to put more people into poverty in the long, in the long term. Is that throwing, just throwing money at things does not make things better. In fact, it often makes things worse. It compounds the issue. So that's my feeling in general about reparations. That's my feeling in general about reparations. And I, I look, I totally get the hatred against George W. Bush. I, I get it. I feel it. I agree. I've told my, I cannot, uh, Trump derangement syndrome is so bad that I cannot convince my left-wing friends that George W. Bush is a worse president than Donald Trump. I can't, I can't convince them of that fact. And Rudy, I bring up Iraq all the time. I say, there was no Iraq with Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't go into a country and destroy it, didn't destroy a, a, a country that was actually being run well by Saddam Hussein. An actual functioning country, a functioning sovereign country. 
okay? Not only killing a lot of women and children, but American soldiers and Iraqi soldiers and all the deaths and destruction that happened because Bush's neocon buddies wanted to do it and he had no fucking brain of his own. Just let them do, let Cheney, who's the real president, do what he wanted. That never happened on the Trump. How can you compare the, as much as you despise Donald Trump, how can you compare the two? How can you compare Trump and W? All the people that died. With Iraq, that disaster. There was nothing like that. There was nothing close to that under Donald Trump. Donald Trump had, George Bush had Iraq, Donald Trump had tweets. That's the difference. George Bush had Iraq, and Donald Trump had tweets. And yet I cannot convince Trump derangement syndrome is so strong, so strong, that these people, the same people who despised W, now actually think he's okay, because Trump is so much worse, and W speaks out against Trump. Look, look the way they sucked up to Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney. They hated the Cheneys. The left, they could not stand the Cheneys. Remember evil Darth Vader? And now, oh, they're great because they speak up against Trump. Look, it's like knocking your head against the wall, Rudy. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I'm telling you. You're lucky not being in this country and being able to have the worldview of people outside this country. Because within this country, these people are just insane. They are just insane. And it's you know, like I said, it, it, it might have been tough to do what you want to do to George Bush seven years ago. Now it's even tougher because the left actually likes him now. And that's just the way it is here. That's just the way it is here now. Oh, he wasn't so bad. He wasn't so bad. Look at Trump. W was much better than Trump. He didn't, there was no Twitter back then. He couldn't do, tweet, but he didn't tweet. He didn't say mean things about people. He just killed thousands of people. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Oh. Where have you been, man? North, what's going on? Not much, man. <laughs> how's everything? How's everything in Canada? Real good. So, do you, have, good. do you have anything to add to what Rudy said? No, I just, I think just during the show a lot tonight, you kind of said like progressives have turned around and said these people are great. Cheney is great. You know, Apple is great. And, and I like I don't see anybody doing that. I don't like who are these people that you're talking about? In their actions, what do you mean you don't see them True. saying? You don't you don't you don't wait you don't see people you don't see the left media nope. saying that uh, you, you don't see this happening. Is, is this is this like no. a fantasy of mine? It's not happening. No. It's not uh, happening. It is what? a fantasy of yours because what's happening is people oh, are saying yeah. people are saying are making fun of Elon for not understanding how capitalism works. People are pointing out that Cheney is talking against Bush, but nobody's saying that Cheney is great now. Nobody's saying Bush is great now. And nobody's saying like, oh, Apple's the best now. Like, no, no. I haven't seen a single person say that. North, please, don't be so disingenuous. Don't I'm be not, so disingenuous. No, no, I mean, North, if you North, could North, point North, out North, 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 one person. The, the Washington Post, the New York Times, all these major journalistic outlets are writing stories about how evil Elon Musk is, about how dangerous it is that he wants to bring free speech back to Twitter, that he's allowing misinformation, that Google and Apple are going to take a stand 
and maybe take him off their platforms. So do you no. think wait, do you think these outlets think that's a bad thing? Are they no. saying it's a bad thing? Are they, they saying it's a dangerous thing? The or, Washington the, or, Post. Or, or are they alluding the, to the fact that they're behind okay, what yelling. they're going to do? The Washington Post and all the other outlets that you just talked about never said, isn't it great that Apple is going to do this? All they did was report that Elon Musk said Twitter, or sorry, Apple has uh, proposed that they are going to take me off their store. The, the outlets that you're talking about have never stated, wouldn't it be great if Apple did this? Like, it's just, you're just making things up. No, you're, I'm not. You're, no, I'm not. You're making, taking a you're no, taking they, a point they, of no, view. They write stories that promote that Apple's going to do this. They don't say. They don't. They don't say. Wait, no, no, no. They're not North, promoting. North, North, they North, North, don't say Apple and Google are looking at taking Twitter off their platform, which is a very yeah, dangerous. Because that's what Elon Musk said. North, North. The story was about Elon Musk tweeting. Do they say we wait? North, you're not listening to me. Do they say what they should say, which is that is anti-democracy and they shouldn't do it. How is it anti-democracy for one capitalist? Because it's a monopoly. Entity? Because it's a monopoly, and the progressives are usually against these these incredibly Monop powerful monopolies. Economics and monopolies have nothing to do with democracy, narrative. my friend. If you wanted, if you wanted it to be about democracy, then you would make these entities public. If you wanted it to be about democracy, you wouldn't have the richest man in the world controlling the so-called uh, market of free ideas, of which he's just this week banned multiple uh, people from being on his free market of ideas. Who has? What are you talking about? Elon Musk. No, he hasn't. What is he had? He, he, just, he just banned like a bunch of people for uh, pointing out that, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, now I'm blanking on it. I'll have to look it up. But he just banned a bunch of uh, leftists on Twitter for uh, pointing out that this uh, one right-wing writer had ties to uh, pedophiles and were like making content or uh, taking pictures with known pedophiles and he got them banned. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I really don't. I, I, if I did, I would admit to it. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Go, what's his name? Um, so Chad Loader got banned uh, and Wait, are you talking about people who promoted pedophilia got banned? No, no, they were pointing out. So at VPS reports got banned or suspended. At Chad Lower got banned. Um, they are prominent uh, left-wing uh, activists, and they were, um, what was it called? Spam, spam reported by right-wing trolls because they were talking about Andy No, NGO, um, who had uh, pictures and ties to um, to known pedophiles. And so they got banned. And plus all the other people he banned weeks before that were, um, like he banned What's-Her-Face, Kathy Griffith, the non-funny lady. Yeah, then he, then, he, then he put her back. Yeah, I mean, and then it's just no, like... Wait a minute, no, 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 he put her back. You see, that's... That's fine. Wait a minute, no, no, the former regime didn't put anyone back. If they banned you, it was impossible to be unbanned. In fact, people would write and say, please, unban this person. This is a real doctor. They wouldn't listen. See, Elon yeah. Musk actually here, – here's something also Elon Musk does, 
which the former owners of Twitter, who I, you see, I didn't even know the former CEOs of Twitter because they didn't do what Elon Musk does, which is actually like respond to people. So if you wrote to him, he would say, hey, hey, North, this is why I did this. this is, I mean, if you think this is wrong, maybe I'll change my mind. He's done that several times. With Kathy Griffin, he didn't ban her for saying negative things about people on the right. He banned her for pretending to be him, which is exactly what he should do. Impersonation is not legal. All he said was, you can, you, you can criticize him all you want. Just put Elon Musk parody. That's all. If you put Elon Musk parody, you can have 85,000 accounts making fun of Elon Musk. But people need to know it's not actually Elon Musk saying those things. Just like you wouldn't want me putting your name with making people believe you said something. Then they go to you and you say, hey, North. Didn't you say this? You said this. You go, no, it's not me. That's someone else. That's called impersonation. Elon Musk it's, is standing impersonation, and he made it very clear. You can make fun of people all you want. Whatever, I, on, on, the market of, on the market of free ideas, you should be able to speak whatever you say. If I if want to make fun of Jeff Bezos, another put, person. all I have to put is Jeff Bezos parody. Then I can make fun of Jeff Bezos a million fucking times a day. If I put Elon Musk, I could I could create an account right now. Elon Musk okay. parody. That's and fine. That's one person. That's one person that has nothing to do with the other people I was talking about. These uh, left-wing activists. No, you just said you said he banned Kathy Griffin. That was Kathy one Griffin. example. That was my latest him. example of two other examples that I gave you that had nothing to do with impersonation. I don't know who you're talking about. I, well, I mean, you should know if you're going to talk about this. If no, you're going to say that Elon Musk is what the he was, he gave, arbiter of You know what he did yesterday? He put all, no, no. Yesterday he put all of those accounts that were censored back on, not knowing who they were. Meanwhile, he's banning other people, right? He put all these people who were banned by Twitter back on. He didn't know their political bent. He didn't look into their political bent to see if they were Republican or Democrat. He just gave them total amnesty, something Twitter would never, ever, ever have done. Never, ever. So don't try to play this equivocation game. Oh, he's just as bad as them. They banned the left. They banned the... They banned I didn't the say left. he's as bad as them. I said That's that he's, he's not the arbiter of free speech. If he's this is why, North, this is why millions of more people are joining Twitter now. Do you think people are joining them now because they think they're more authoritarian and fascist now? No, they're joining now because they know it's more of a free speech public square forum than it should be. That's why more people are joining, North. I don't That's care why saying. people are joining. That wasn't my point. My whole point was that there but is why, no why leftist. Join a network. No, what you're saying. There's is no leftists that were cheering on Apple and and saying that they should be doing this um, to Elon Musk. There was no there was no people that were cheering on and saying, "Oh, Dick Cheney is a great guy now, and George Bush is a great guy now." Like. You're just making those things up. No, no, not, no, they're not. No, no, I know actual people on the left and the media have now mm -hmm. written much softer stories about these people simply because they've taken a stand against that. I know people on the left who actually... Soft stories. No, no, I know so, saying like a guy took a picture people. with Obama. It's not, it's not the same thing as, isn't this guy great? Let's forgive no, him for the Iraq no, war. No, it's not the same thing. No, it is. It is. It, it is. is. It is. Because I you know find me find me a story. Find me a story written by the left, the left that says that no, George I'm Bush no is people. awesome now. You're not listening. You don't let me talk. You always do this because you, know? you gish. Don't let me talk. Let me talk. People on the left. There are actual people on the left who now say, who now say, okay, 
that Bush and Cheney are on the right side of history now simply because they denounced Donald Trump. All it takes is to denounce Donald Trump. This is what the Lincoln Project is. All these people who were so who was who so evil compared to if you if you if you talk to progressives and liberals in the past before Trump ever existed are now people who are on the right side of history simply because they criticized Donald Trump. So all these people who were denounced, who were on the outskirts, right, who were who were called neocons and baby killers and warmongers, all they needed to do, and they knew this, all they needed to do north all they needed to do was to get back on the right side of history so to speak was to denounce donald trump and start something called the lincoln project which is a kind of a reclamation project for awful awful neocons who the left hated and now the left and msnbc and people on msnbc raise up the lincoln project it is not a fabrication of mine that they raise up that they have people on who are part of the lincoln project and they kiss their ass the same people who they denounced during the bush administration simply because they now criticize trump these are people who were persona non grata north understand they were persona non grata with the left they were persona non grata with people on msnbc and cnn then they became regulars so don't give me this bullshit where they're they're, they're not embracing these people all of a sudden whether they haven't changed their minds about these people they have simply because they denounced donald trump and that's the same thing with many people that i know these are real actual people with brains okay who denounced cheney who hated Cheney, who didn't want anything to do with anything Cheney had anything to do with, who now embraced them more. I didn't say they totally loved them and adore them. They embraced them more because they're anti-Trump. They have said things like they've, they've um, uh, uh, reclaimed their moral center by going after Donald Trump. Okay, they've shown they're not that bad because they've gone after Donald Trump. These same people who they did, the progressives despised Bush and Cheney. They didn't just disagree with them a little bit. They felt like Rudy did. They wanted to give them to the Iraqis. They wanted to give them to the Iraqis as a sacrifice. But then as soon as they started criticizing Donald Trump, they took a much softer stance on them. They absolutely did. This is absolute reality. I didn't say they fell in love with them. They took a much softer stance. Let me make myself clear. They took a much softer stance on them simply because they criticized Donald Trump, simply because Liz Cheney ran this January 6th committee. All of a sudden, all the evil things that Cheney did was forgiven by a lot of these people. They simply forgot about it. They just conveniently forgot about it. And why would they all of a sudden trust these people who they despise so much? Why would anything these people say mean anything to them when they lied so much and they were so evil just 10, 15 years ago? That's the hypocrisy. That's the double standard. If I thought Dick Cheney was Darth Vader, anything he had anything to do with, I would not trust him on. And if he denounced Donald Trump, I'd have to just believe that Trump is the best person in the world because the evil Darth Vaney, Cheney, who authorized the Iraq war and killed so many people, are saying that about Donald Trump. That would mean Donald Trump has to be a pretty fucking good guy, no? But no, not with the left. Because of Trump derangement syndrome, all you got to do is criticize Donald Trump and you're forgiven or everything else is conveniently kind of forgotten and pushed to the side. That's my point. And all the left wing media has done 
This is not fabricated, North. This is not in my mind. All the left, you might want to ignore things. You might be such a extreme leftist that you don't want to believe this. But all the left-wing media has done is denounce Elon Musk since he took over Twitter, try to denounce him, try to destroy his character, okay? That's all they've done. That's not in my fucking mind. Article after article. I just read one earlier by the Washington Post that said Elon Musk is now allowing COVID disinformation to spread because he's not putting the, the little thing underneath everything about COVID saying this is misinformation the way the prior regime did. That's a real story they just wrote. They've written about 10,000 articles about that. And then in the same article or a similar article or the next article, they say, and Apple and Google are threatening to take Twitter off their platform because of this stuff. So is the media agreeing with that? When they write all these hit pieces about, about Elon Musk, and they write all these hit pieces about how he's spreading misinformation now, they don't say he's spreading freedom. They don't say he's spreading free speech. They say he's allowing misinformation to spread now. And then they write a story the next moment saying that Apple and Google are going to take him off the platform north. Do you know how to put two and two together? Do you know how to put two and two together? Most people can put two and two together and get four. No, no, they, ha they don't have to actually say the words. They don't actually have to say, we love, come on, North, please. What, 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 what journalist is going to say, oh, we love that Apple and Google are taking it. Of course, they're not going to say those words. They're not that fucking stupid. But do they have to say those words for you not to understand what they're doing by simply writing all these hit pieces about Elon Musk? And then on the next page, they're writing that Apple and Google are, gonna, are going to take Twitter off their platforms, their app stores. So the same journalist who writes the hit piece about Musk, what do you think they believe? That it's bad that Apple and Google are going to do that, or it's good that Apple and Google are going to do that? Let's not play this disingenuous game that they actually have to say those words. We think it's great that Apple and Google are taking it. But if you watch MSNBC, you can be damn sure Rachel Maddow is going to say she thinks it's a good thing. You can be sure Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg will say they think it's a good thing. Once again, when something is so obviously evil and wrong, such as one company, one conglomerate mega power like Apple or Google taking something off their platform because they don't agree with the, but they don't like the person running that platform, or they're upset now that the left can't control that platform, the media should be actually coming out and denouncing that and saying this is wrong. If Twitter was on their platform before Musk took over, Twitter should be on their platform. Ask them after Musk takes over. And if they take it off their platform, it's obviously a vendetta against the guy who owns it. It's obviously a vendetta against Elon Musk. Once again, North, let's put two and two together. Put two and two together. It's called... 
group think is called piling on when there's one article after another, after another, after another, after another, saying that Elon Musk is now spreading misinformation because he's allowing more information. That's basically what they're saying. That's not disingenuous. He's spreading misinformation by simply allowing more information. We went too long today. North, if you want to call back tomorrow, call back tomorrow. I wanted to read the article about Aaron Kirarty about the vaccine mandates in colleges, but we've gone too long. At the beginning of tomorrow's show, I'm going to read that. We can get into other stuff after, but I definitely want to want to read that article tomorrow because I think it's important. Well, this is a spirited show. I want to thank Rudy. I want to thank Daniel. I want to thank North for calling. Once again, the show airs Monday night through Friday night, so feel free to call back tomorrow. 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. The show is in Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow night.